Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. On tonight's program, as always, we bring you noticia, arte, y cultura. We start off with an interview with Executive Director Larisa Dugan Cuadra. She is with Carecen, the Central American Resource Center, and she'll talk to us about important initiatives on the ballot that will impact families. We'll then talk about environmental justice and the focus on healing ourselves and healing the earth with an interview with Hera Omar Marin. He will tell us about his work with the Peace and Dignity Journeys. And last but definitely not least, we'll bring you an interview with Carne Cruda on their hit song, I Love You More Than Tacos. And of course, we'll bring you a calendar of upcoming events. Stay tuned. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Julieta Cusnid, and we have the pleasure to have Larisa Dugan Cuadra on the line with us. She is the executive director of Carecen, the Central American Resource Center based in San Francisco, California, but serving people not only in the Bay Area, but really making a difference on a worldwide scale. A lot of folks are touched by Carecen. Um, Carecen focuses on offering really essential services on the day-to-day for children and families. But also Carecen works to transform policies to build communities where families can actually thrive and survive. So Larissa, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Julieta. Good evening, everyone. So, Larissa, because this is such a crucial time, this is going to be our last program before the election. I know that Carecen is investing a lot of time and effort in supporting an alternative vision and supporting policies that are going to make life a little better for our Latino communities, our immigrant communities, and our marginalized communities here in the city and in the Bay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you all are working around? Great. Yeah. So um, really quickly, we there are three carecens uh, in the nation, one in Washington, D.C., in Los Angeles, and in San Francisco. We're separate 501c3s, but sister organizations. Carecen San Francisco has three core pillars of focus. One is excellence in social services, and we provide a broad range of social services to 6,000 people annually, well, almost 100% Latino, immigrant, second, third generation, children of immigrants, low-income families. And ultimately, what we're seeing in that realm is just the ongoing struggles of our community and all working-class communities in San Francisco and the Bay Area with regards to the issue of income disparity and inequality, growing gap between the rich and the poor, and the cost of living in our city and in the region. The advocacy front, which is our second pillar, um, we focus on Latino health, immigrant rights, and juvenile justice. And as you know right now, the topic of immigration is one that has been discussed broadly on the airwaves, not to any effect that we would be pleased with in terms of there's been a lot of scapegoating. And of course, we all know just the kind of ongoing like anti-immigrant speech that we've been having to confront in this country. Uh, which we've, you know, known that there's that sentiment all along, but we know that many camps have been opened wide in this electoral process. And so our focus is in elevating the voice of the communities that we serve. And while we're happy to hear that the Democratic candidate has expressed commitment to expand the number of Syrian refugees that will be welcomed to the U.S., you know, we're really happy about that because obviously we stand in solidarity with all people's forced to migrate. But we've also been really disappointed to see an absolute absence of conversation or even reference or acknowledgement of the Central American crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. So that's something that we are happy to have the opportunity today to highlight through the show because we intend to have our voices heard. Um, the Central American community has a long history in the Bay Area and in this nation. This year is important for us because we're celebrating 30 years of Carecen, San Francisco. We're the youngest of the Carecen. We're also reflecting on our history and our past, and we are reflecting on our present. And ultimately, our analysis is that 30 years after our founding, our work continues to be relevant, continues to be necessary, and that's what we're here for. You know, we're going to keep on with the struggle, and we're going to celebrate, of course, all the small wins that we achieve at the individual level, at the family level, at the community level, and even legislatively. Um, we've had a lot of successes locally. But moving forward, you know, we're going to have a lot of work cut out for us. We have almost 700,000 Central Americans in the last six years that have been detained at the U.S.-Mexico border. We have 11 million people awaiting some form of humane and dignified, relevant immigration reform. You have 
families of DACA recipients on limbo as a result of no ruling in the Supreme Court on the case of DAPA. And then on the transnational front, we're really focused and committed to building local leadership with global thinking. And so in November, we're going to be taking our second youth delegation, Raices, to Central America. And we're going to be going to Nicaragua's rainforest. And we're going to be working alongside with the indigenous communities that protect the forest. And we're going to learn about the connection between the environment and migration. And a really deeper goal with this effort of Raices is to connect our young people to our histories and our culture to complete the immigrant narrative. So we're really excited about that. And so, yeah, lots of good things happening. That's the voice of Larissa Dugan-Cuadra. She's the executive director of Carecen, the Central American Resource Center based in San Francisco. So Larissa, are there any specific campaigns that you all are currently working on, or do you want to take a moment and reflect on some of the victories that Carecen has had in the last year? Well, I guess I'll start with the victories. We were really happy to launch and or open publicly Cali King. Uh, Cali King is a center, it's a collaborative between Instituto Familiar de la Raza and Carecen, where we're co-locating programs aimed at serving and responding to the needs of newcomer families. That's been a major success, and we've been able to create a beautiful space in the Mission District where families, particularly indigenous families, non-Spanish-speaking Mayan community that are also part of this diaspora can access services in their native language or get connected to greater community efforts where people can build community, but also access information and resources to meet their needs. So we're really happy about Cali King. Moving forward, we're working on the SOTA tax campaign. Carecen has decided that that's been the one issue on the ballot that we're going to put a lot of energy behind because we know that Latinos and African-American children are disproportionately impacted by obesity and diabetes in part as a result of high consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages. We know that low-income communities are plagued with corner stores, have real challenges accessing healthy, you know, nutritious foods. And so the soda industry is pouring millions and millions of dollars to defeat this tax. And they're using deceitful tactics to essentially lie to, to the people by calling it a grocery tax, which it is not. If you read the legislation, there's nothing about it that says groceries. It has three very specific things that would be taxed that contain sugar in their syrups, uh, sugar-sweetened beverages, or powdered sugar. Those are the three things that would be taxed. And we're offended. We're offended that the soda industry not only is negatively impacting our children's health and our community's health, but then on top of that, blatantly lying to our people. So if you're hearing this, please vote yes on V, San Francisco Soda Tax. The resources that will be generated from this tax will be used to invest in health education, physical activity, and healthy nutrition in our communities, and they will be targeting low-income, African-American, Latino children impacted by poverty or directly impacted by obesity and diabetes. So we're, we are fully in support of it. We think that it's going to work. It's worked in Mexico City. It's worked in Berkeley. And it has deterred people from buying soda. So um, we're 100% behind that. And then, of course, we continue to work on our demands at the federal level in terms of protections for the Central American community, the children, families going through the courts all throughout the U.S. We're also continuing to demand new reform. We don't want anybody left outside. There's 11 million people who've been waiting for a long time, working very hard in this country, and they deserve a response. You know, they deserve a solution, especially because so many of these families are mixed status families. And we know that instead of solving the policy, what they've done is spend millions and millions of dollars in further militarization of the borders, of our countries of origin. And actually, both parties have just been absolutely unresponsive. And so we continue to ramp up our efforts on that front. We're speaking to Larissa Dugan-Cuadra. She's the executive director of Carecen, the Central American Resource Center. So there are a lot of people listening probably who are excited about all the work that is being done by your organization and also wanting to support the dedicated staff people who really go above and beyond to not just serve and support families in an immediate way, but also try to envision and work towards a, a better, more just world. So why don't you tell us about ways that people can support Carecen? 
So there's so many ways, but the lowest hanging fruit, as, as they say, is our upcoming 30th anniversary celebration on November 10th, just a couple weeks away. We're going to be celebrating at the Gray Area Theater, which is on Mission Street and 22nd in San Francisco's Mission District. We're really excited about this year's celebration for several reasons. One, because we're an adult, we're 30 years old, three decades of service, three decades of advocacy, and three decades of a transnational vision. We are saying we're here, aquí estamos y no nos vamos. We're saying 30 more years, and our dream is that in 30 years, Carecen will no longer be responding to crisis, but we will be a cultural center. We will be an archival center of the history of the Central American diaspora in the Bay Area. Our vision is to work our way out of the services and towards the greater vision of truly having a space and a place to celebrate our everyday lives and our contributions to this nation. So uh, please join us again November 10th. That's a Thursday. Mission and 22nd Gray Area Theater, 6 to 10 o'clock. We're going to have uh, live music. We're going to have a bit of an art exhibit by the youth that we work with and lots of other great things in store. Also, if you can join us that night, visit our website, caresensf.org, and you're welcome to make a contribution or just, you know, ask for some of the information that we have available on the website. Share that information in your community. There's just so many ways you can help, and so please come out and support us. And again, thank you for having us on the show and giving us the chance to share all this. That's the voice of Larisa Dugan-Cuadra, the executive director of CARESEN, the Central American Resource Center. Muchísimas gracias, Larisa, por estar con nosotros. Muchas gracias, Julieta, y muchas gracias a la de la Bahía. And as we focus our program today on healing ourselves and healing the earth, we're going to bring you a song by María José Montijo. Enjoy. Listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Julieta Cosnir, and we are lucky to have a big friend to the show 
in the studio here with us. I'm talking about Jera Omar Marin. He is a healing artist, a dedicated youth worker, and someone who's done work both here in the U.S. and all over crossing borders to work for more just world. So thank you so much, Jera, for joining us in the studio. Gracias, Julieta. Lots of love to you, Chikawa, from my corazón, and to Nina as well for everything y'all do to uh, get this space for us to share our palabra, our amor with the audiencia. Well, it is truly our pleasure. So you are doing this work in a way that I think is a little different because you're connecting a lot of dots and you're creating a lot of spaces that unfortunately we don't have enough of. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and some of the different ways that you've been doing healing work? Awesome. Sounds cool, Julieta. Yeah, well, I represent uh, my jefita, Almadelia, and Joaquin Gerardo, who are from... Coahuilteco, indigenous Mexican roots, uh, Chihuahuense from the sacred desert on the frontera Juarez El Paso where I was raised and uh, who have guided me with a lot of love and, and a lot of encouragement to just cultivate myself and share myself and not really need to compete with anyone, just compliment, you know, and be of servicio and be a regalo, kind of like you mentioned. And I, uh, I'm also representing Xochipilli, Chicano Circulo de Hombres, uh, where uh, my uncles and my tata have just really... Um, created spaces for us uh, younger vatos to step into our power and our confidence and and uh, build up our creativity, our art, our strength. And um, it's really encouraged us to uh, do the trabajo that we do. I'm really um, fortunate and really excited to be in partnership with the Canal Welcome Center in San Rafael and the Canal District there. And uh, a couple cool schools and some of the alternative schools um, some of even the probation departments that are uh, starting to create more spaces for uh, preventative work with our joveness, you know, our Nicantlaca, Chicano, Latino, joveness. And we're doing cultural roots, power programming, circulos, mentoring, you know, a lot of the uh, education that doesn't happen in schools. Um, we're mentored to bring that, you know, through our Tata Rafael and, and uh, some of the influences in the Chicano Compadre Network as well. Uh, Maestro Jerry Teo, and a lot of incredible mujeres, you know, my jefita, the grandmas, um, so many folks that have just been encouraging us to bring in those teachings that are based in love and in dignity and in self-respect and in that, that animo to really take care of ourselves, train up, learn, educate ourselves, team up, you know, build solidarity and find it how it is that our heart wants to make a difference in our communities, our barrios, our lives. So right now in that partnership, you know, it's with through Xochipilli. I'm working with the Canal Welcome Center, and I'm bringing in some of the energia from the National Youth Food Sovereignty and Justice Network rooted in community. And now I'm really blessed to be uh, directing a really awesome youth-led mini-grants program in California. So I'm just really impressed by the way kind of things have lined up. And um, now I'm at the service of creating space for young people to get to know themselves, to heal to understand the roots of a lot of our illnesses, which is, you know, the illness of racism and prejudice and patriarchy that's so embedded in the cultures that's came down from, you know, some of those really um, awful elements of that, the contrived, you know, church business. And also to reconcile, uh, also knowing that it's not all bad either, right? Not everything European or all colonizers or everyone's a colonizer. Um, or everything white is bad, or everything religious is bad. Um, you know, we're mestizos. We're Nicantlaca. Many of us are reconnecting with our indigeneity, our roots, our ways, and also acknowledging that a lot of us come from powerful peoples in, in, in Europe that take care of the land, peoples in Africa. We've got a lot of Arabic ancestry as well. And we're all indigenous to Mother Earth, you know. So our work is focusing on our Chicano-Latino youth, and we do arts programming, outdoor activities, um, trail restoration, ways for them to give back, service learning. We combine, you know, learning, studying, reading, watching videos, playing, laughing, making jokes. Um, and I carry a car full of instruments, uh, drums and flutes, lapisales, shakers. And we improvise and we also explore the elements of healing and, and transformation of the musica, you know. That's the voice of Jera Omar Marin. We're talking about the many different ways that healing can look if the space is allowed. So as you mentioned, unfortunately, it's tough. This, these are not spaces people are just given in schools. There's spaces that a lot of intention and a lot of thought and a lot of fighting has to go in to make 
make a reality. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happens in the circles and also um, why music is such a key part of the work you do? One of the first things I share with the Jovenes is that I'm there for that circulo, right? Where we're all peers to each other, we're all teachers to each other, and and uh, how fortunate I feel to be in those spaces because I learned so much from these Jovenes. They've got so much wisdom inside of their Moyo Koyani and their DNA. And um, it really shifts things right away when they really feel that, you know, that they got something to offer. And um, in schools or in juvenile hall or even our, in our cooperative house here in North Oakland, uh, we'll do a range of activities that can be anything from a half hour to two hours to we'll do full day long retreats. But to give you kind of a sense, we do openings always to give thanks to the ancestors and ask for permission of the ancestors of the land that we're on, you know, if we're in the Bay out here, giving our love to the Ohlone, the Miwok, the Pomo peoples, and and then honoring all of our indigenous peoples and our ancestors who have not only fought so that we could be here, but have also loved and organized and been smooth and been persistent and to acknowledge that all those great qualities, you know, are in us as well. So just beginning by doing that, honoring the four directions. Sometimes we'll do it with a little ritual. We'll face the directions. We'll play a little bit of music to transmit some of our love and our gratitude in that way and to invoke some of that energy in us as well, those four elements the feminine, the masculine, the elders, the youthful vibe, the sun, mother earth, the center, that heart. And sometimes we'll begin and just doing like a check-in of sorts and kind of share, you know, what's up for us in that moment, you know. Maybe what's been a little rough lately, what's messing with us, what's going good, you know, what's light, uh, what are we feeling pretty good about, you know, even in these times where it's tough to find what is good, you know, what is positive. I'll usually begin by maybe sharing a little musical piece on my flute or show a little music clip or I'll bring a speaker and connect it to my phone, play something, usually a hip-hop track in Espanol, some Aquila Mar, some Boca Floja, something positive, a little conscious Mare Advertencia from Oaxaca, awesome mujer, just to kind of show them that like some of those beats that kind of hit, you know, and that have positive lyrics or lyrics of consciousness. And then I'll kind of open it up by asking people just to like share what they heard, what resonated, was it the beat, was there a word, uh, how they feel, where they feel it. And then we'll usually just kind of check in to see what it is that we want to do about we do with our time together. You know, I'll, they know who I am by now. Or if they don't, you know, I've introduced myself. I you know, maybe introduce a few sounds or something, and I share them kind of like a menu of possibilities, like how would we like to co-create this space. And usually the youth will say, we're stressed out, we're tired, we're pissed, we're upset. We want to like feel good. We want to relax. We want to chill for a second. So we'll end up doing a few stretches in the space. Sometimes I'll guide, you know, a little Tai Chicano, a little movimiento that my uncle Gio has taught us. Um, some of the stretches we'll do for some of our prayer danza, things that are kind of easy, accessible, you know, they don't look too kind of woo-woo, you know, yet, you know, later we'll drop in a little bit deeper to really, you know, activate the body like that. All this in preparation for us to be able then to really kind of sit and take some breaths feel comfortable, move, circulate energy. And then uh, I'll guide us on short little meditations, little kind of body scans, just tuning into the strength of Mother Earth, tuning into just how emotions live in our body. And without needing to change anything, just really supporting the increase of awareness for the young people, right? So we just kind of turn into a space of awe for the body, for the energies, for the emotions, for the strength, for the pain, perhaps, you know? And then in that awareness we just get to know ourselves a little bit more and maybe get a little bit more control of some of those emotions or instead of reacting, we can respond. And then I'll bring in a little bit of musica as well, usually, you know, depending on the vibe. While we're in silence, I'll kind of prompt them with a few things to maybe imagine or visualize or just to kind of check in and feel kind of, you know, how they're feeling and how the music makes them feel. So guided by my big bro, Ernesto Olmos, El Jaguar, He's taught me so much about the musica and how it's so healing and therapeutic. You know, the different instruments touch us in different parts of our energy centers, our body. For me, it just feels good. It sounds good. I sometimes get tingles, get goosebumps, or it'll help it relax me a little bit. And like I share with the youth, I share with them what kind of makes me feel good, you know, uh, and then invite their feedback. And then from there, we'll create programs and they'll tell me, well, we want to drum more this time. We want to learn how to play that or we just want to lay down while you play that. And then we have different ways of kind of debriefing and reflecting and personal writing and small groups and we're discussing. And then from that, we'll kind of continue to plan out. All right, now what? Now what? Oh, they want to do this in the hood. Oh, they want to paint this mural. Oh, we want to fight back or we want to just practice more, you know. So that's a little bit of what it can look like. 
Gerardo, why don't we take this opportunity to hear a little bit about what you're talking about? Why don't you share with us a little music? So you just heard the beautiful music, not just flutes, but a lot of gorgeous instruments that, you know, have personality and life to themselves. I got to see them here in the studio, but you've just heard the music of Gerardo Marin, who is a longtime youth worker, healer, and also someone who is dedicated himself to creating more awareness for the different modalities, the different ways that people can connect to themselves and connect to their community. So Gerardo, that was really incredible. I definitely felt the grounding nature of this work and your music. So why don't you tell us about what you played? What are the different elements that you shared with us? Yeah, thanks for the animo. You know, we began uh, by uh, playing some of this uh, really cool abuelo flute that uh, my brother Ernesto taught me how to make from a bamboo that we harvested a year and a half ago um, at our uh, cooperative garden here in North Oakland, very similar to the ones that are made out of Carrizo, um, central Anahuac in Mexico. And um, it's just uh, one chamber and just one tone, um, but depending on how you blow out it, it uh, moves different. And it has, it's kind of, we'll use it to kind of do an like, opening and it's to call in that 
the ancestors and the energy and just to help the body center itself a little bit. And then with the ayayotes as well, kind of kind of clearing energy, kind of clearing the mind a little bit, and then starting to bring in a little bit of rhythm. Have this little tlapisali made out of clay that one of our maestros, Gregorio, in uh, the Lake Texcoco made for us um, to you know, bring in the energy of the pajaritos, the aves, the birds, and those little sounds that kind of touch a different part, you know, of our body and of our mind, kind of soothe us a little bit. Then I played uh, the double chamber flute. Um, it's uh, inspired by one of the Zapoteco flutes that Ernesto plays as well. And uh, try to play kind of like a, kind of like a, a little bit melodic at first, kind of slow, kind of smooth, and then some high tones as well, because they kind of go in and just move energies in the body. And then they're kind of, towards the end kind of play something a little bit more uplifting as well you know once the body the being is kind of chill and relaxed sometimes i pass out most of the youth the boys will kind of pass out too or go into like a deep meditation it's like in between sleeping and awake i'll play something kind of motivational too to kind of sing to their spirit to kind of like remind them you know that that we have that strength and, and we're moving forward you know by by moving inward you know it's like a step forward and and uh, to encourage them you know when we come out you know to kind of Feel that energy with them. and I'm speaking with Hera Omar Marin. He is dedicating his work to the healing arts and also really drawing on a lot of inspiration from a lot of elders, and he's doing a lot of work with youth. So, Hera, you are very, very dedicated. We, you know, just even planning for this, you're involved with Circulos happening all the time and giving your energy and supporting a lot of different projects. So why don't you talk to us about what energizes you and what has been inspiring you? Gracias. You know, um, what's so fresh in my heart right now is the peace and dignity journeys, las jornadas de paz y dignidad. You know, since 1992, for every four years, prayer runners begin from Argentina, begin from Alaska and run for seven months towards Panama, connecting indigenous peoples, indigenous lands, altars, fireplaces, all of our peoples, Nicantlaca peoples of Abiyayala, which some call the Americas, to unite forces and solidarity and share songs and seeds and encouragement, animo, to bring balance to our communities to our sacred elements, the water, the air, the earth, to revive our sacred medicine, healing ways, our dances, our traditions, and to heal our mother earth, you know, while we're healing with her and that strength. And I've had the tremendous honor to get to participate. Even though I've been up here working full time, I even just got a new job and I feel really fortunate to have been able to be a part of you know, up here trying to raise money and just talking about the prayer already was blessing me up. Um, to send money down for expenses for gas and for food for the runners that have sacrificed so much out of their lives since May 1st when they left Argentina and they left Chickaloon, Alaska. And um, I've had the privilege of getting to go pray and run and be close to the staffs and the sacred altars and the seeds in Mexico uh, and in Guatemala. And um, it's been really, really powerful because uh, as a young urban farmer and a seed saver and um, as an organizer for equity in the food system, um, working to, to, to create more corporate accountability with what's going on with our land, with our seeds, with our water, with these really awful corporations that are just making money off of hurting us and poisoning the food and the seeds. It's been uh, this year's prayer. This theme has been about the semillas, about the seeds, and the preservation, the protection, and the sharing of them. So uh, this year, the routes from the north have been led by women, by uh, Anobel, by Vanessa, and guided by an incredible brother, Jose Malvido, as well, here in the Bay Area, behind the scenes, throwing down since 92 also. And um, there's been a lot of sharing of the semillas and that animo and that encouragement. And it's given me so much strength and so much hope to follow them online, to see all the people praising all that unity that has happened, you know, amongst all the indigenous people, all the mestizos, all, all the people like even like me in our mid-20s where we didn't really know some of our indigenous roots, what are our tribal affiliations, or we're just kind of uncovering, discovering. But there's been all that animo intertribal, intercultural encouragement to reconnect, reunite, and restore, you know, ourselves and restore our relations. So it's been really 
like a synthesis of a lot of my work um, and my studies, you know, to be um, uh, led by these incredible mujeres and to meet people that are so inspired to reactivate their ways, you know. And I went to places thinking they had it all together, and they said that they thought they did too, but that this prayer, peace and dignity, really increased their consciousness, their awareness, and their confidence of how important it is to reclaim the ways and uh, to activate these the teachings and these traditions. So uh, everything I'm doing right now, it feels like that prayer. And um, it kind of has me in check, like really like practicing that peace and that dignity with myself and that self-care and in my relations and even noticing like I'm out of balance sometimes. You know, I might have a good intention, but like I may have a negative impact on someone. I'm thinking about a lot of, you know, the way that patriarchy kind of lives, you know, and everything and in, in myself and just uh, taking those opportunities to, you know, give myself space to acknowledge, you know, that I'm still cleansing some of that, leaving some of that behind and replacing that with, you know, more compassion, more love and and feeling a lot of support in that, too, with a lot of the incredible mujeres around me and my mom as well, always coaching me along and and just feeling like uh, even more grounded with the youth. Right. It's like I don't have it all together. Uh, I'm doing the work with them. You know, we're healing, we're transforming, we're activating our gifts together. We're getting real about like, yo, there's a lot of things we've inherited that we're going to purify and release and shake off. And uh, doing it together just makes it, you know, more joyful, you know, more strengthening. That's the voice of Jera Omar Marin. We're talking about the peace and dignity journeys, the runs that have been happening, but also just in general, how that connects to a whole broad range of healing work that he's been a part of for quite some time. So Jera, I know there are people listening who are thinking, that is so beautiful. I've never had a space like that. I've never even thought that'd be possible. Or I think my son would truly benefit or my partner or my abuelo, someone. So what are your thoughts on how people can bring this into their own lives? You know, I report that there's so many circulos popping up that the dicho from the Pope Vu talks about how they thought they buried us, but they did not know that we were seeds. So the medicine, the musica, the danzas, the harmony, the seeds, they're sprouting everywhere, you know. We're blessed to be in the Bay Area. I'm in Oakland working between here, San Rafael, Berkeley, and there's incredible programs everywhere, you know. Here in Oakland, you know, local leaders, you know, just celebrating their fifth anniversary, Courage, Communities United for Restorative Youth Justice, not only does youth mentoring work in East Oakland, but is also doing statewide policy change work to eliminate a lot of the criminalization that happens to young people and create better opportunities, you know, with the resources, you know, for young people's development. Through Rooted in Community, through the Canal Welcome Center, guided by our elders, Xochipili, we do programming here in North Oakland on Thursdays and Friday afternoons at three o'clock where we do circulos, we farm, we plant seeds, we harvest, we make music, we heal, we meditate. We mentor each other, right? Mostly youth ages 16 to 22. And we also travel. There's a few of us, uh, a couple of my brothers and sisters travel to schools. Um, whenever young people invite us out, you know, we'll go to houses, we'll go to parks, we'll bring drums, we'll do drum circles. And a lot of connections through the Danza Anahuaca Mexica communities as well. Um, we'll do just pop-up gatherings in the parks and just connect with folks. Jera, so um, you've really focused on the incredible youth work that you've done. What are other ways that you do this work? You know, based on the encouragement and the requests of a lot of the teachers and the adult allies and mentors to a lot of the youth that we work with in the Food Justice Networks, we've started doing these power-up sessions with educators, leaders, activists, even like mentors of mine, where we do these series for folks to come de-stress, refresh, power up. And um, we've been doing that at our co-op house in North Oakland, and we're traveling around. So that's really just kind of organized by folks. They'll get a school group together of teachers or of activists from an organization and some homies. And we'll do it with friends anyways, because it's some of the practices that I do to keep me fully human, fully real, fully wild. So it's been pretty exciting that it's kind of just happening, you know, through the friends and the network and comrades. And we're hoping to be able to do more of that, you know, to keep us centered and dust ourselves off from time to time and uh, kind of just strengthen ourselves from the core for our trabajo. 
And Gerard, as you mentioned, you've taken on a new role, and it's a role that we're really lucky to have you in because of your orientation and dedication to serving Chicano, Latino, young men, and so many people that often, unfortunately, are not the focus when people think about environmental justice work that you've been so dedicated to. So why don't you tell us about the opportunities that exist for folks that are maybe imagining possibilities to reach young people that are often overlooked? Yeah. Well, I'm really pumped up to be directing a youth mini-grants program called Youth Rising. It's a partnership with the Pollination Project, which is a social justice and compassion international foundation, and the California Endowment as well that's been investing and pumping up community wellness and youth power in California for a long time. This grant is led by youth, designed by youth, and it is $1,000 grants for young people the ages 13 to 24 that are trying to start something. Mural projects, cultural healing programs, farms, businesses, campaigns for justice and for equity. And young people that from that same age range are the ones that are reviewing and scoring these grants. There's 50 of them to go out through March. And I'm really excited, you know, to spread the word, the palabra about those and encouraging, you know, our, our young folks that are already doing that work might not be connected to resources or dealing with those bureaucracies, but just could use some resources, some energy for supplies, for materials, for space to make things happen. And they can learn more about that at www.thepollinationproject.org backslash youth. Thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias, Gera. It's been so nice to have you here. We are blessed to have your music, to have your energy, your dedication. Y realmente esperemos que poder hablar contigo mucho más, to continue this, to have an ongoing conversation so you can spotlight all the beautiful work that's happening to really work towards healing. Gracias, Julieta. Big love to you, Nina, out there. And it's been a treat. It's always wonderful to come in here. I always get really boosted. Thank you all and much love to the audiencia. As I mentioned, the Peace and Dignity Journeys are praying and running strong right now. They're in Honduras on their way to Panama for the closing ceremonies on November 14th through 17th where seeds and songs and animo and solidarity will be shared and strengthened. And for those that want to support, want to send energy, send animo, want to follow them, please check out www.txpeaceanddignity.com. That's www.txpeaceanddignity.com peaceanddignity.com TX as in Texas and we'll be doing some fundraisers some more energy raisers out here in the Bay Area selling playeras, tamales, all types of stuff to send more energy, more animo um, to get those vans, those staffs, those seas those altars, the folks to Panama giving thanks to all you all for sending your prayers and that unity from Standing Rock Peace and Dignity Journeys, Central Abyayala, uh, up here Turtle Island One Peoples, our Condor Peoples right now running in Colombia Defending the land, defending the waters. Uh, it's happening. The seeds are sprouting. Lots of love to you all. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. I'm Brenda Yescas, and I have a very special guest in the studio with me today, Camilo Landau, frontman of a local Bay Area favorite, Carne Cruda. Welcome, Camilo. Thank you. Recently, Carne Cruda has been at the forefront of the recent presidential debate because of your song, I Love You More Than Tacos. Yeah, it was a surprise. All of a sudden, I noticed that the pre-sales for our new single, I Love You More Than Tacos, shot way up. People started buying it, downloading it, and I was wondering, why? What happened? Turned out that they played it on NPR, All Things Considered, in a story where they were talking about uh, one of the one of the Donald Trump supporters who started a group called Latinos for Trump was on CNN talking about how terrible immigration would be and that if you let all the Mexicans in, suddenly there will be taco trucks on every corner. And that started its own hashtag, taco trucks on every corner. People said, What's the what would be wrong with that? That sounds like a dream. Taco trucks on every corner, bring them on. And so in that story, they played our song, I Love You More Than Tacos. From there, we also got on Univision and a few other news outlets because of uh, apparently being a pro-taco advocate and uh, being in favor of tacos during this contentious election season. Who wouldn't want tacos in every corner? I mean, that's That's just, what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, they're delicious, mm-hmm. carnitas. And that's what the song is about. The song is about when you really love someone, 
How much do you love them? Do you love them more than tacos? Because that's a lot of love, because tacos are delicious. In this election season, the anti-immigrant sentiment being displayed has real consequences, along with making school kids upset, leading to rise of hate crimes. We've had a lot of visual artists, muralists, and comedians, and also musicians fighting back. What do you think about that? It goes both ways. I guess uh, it takes something like that to really motivate people to get out and and inspire at least at least hopefully it inspires some artwork and some music and some positive things and some positive energy coming out of communities organizing um, in favor of tacos. What have been some of the reactions you've had from people listening to the song? Well, when we played it live one time, a woman came up after the after the performance and she said, I love that song. I need that song played at my wedding. I want I want that to be a song that get, that gets played at my wedding because it expresses something that I feel. First now I just need to find a husband. So that's some feedback we got. And then also a lot of people almost incredulously saying, I don't know if I could love someone that much more than tacos. That's a lot of love. Or, wow, you're really committed uh, if you're saying that you love someone more than tacos. So we all, I mean, I think a lot of people share that that love for tacos and for Mexican food and for the Mexican people in general, which is, you know, when that guy said that that it, he was intending to scare people that, oh, tacos are coming, Mexicans are coming, and you should be scared of them and you should hate them. Well, we, we're, not, we're not scared of Mexican people coming into the United States. And we don't have hate for them. We have love for them and for their food and for their culture. And we invite them in. And I think that's what really came through and what, uh, what people kind of hung on to when, when that guy was saying, making that statement that you should be afraid of taco trucks on every corner. It really shows how ridiculous that thought is because the Mexican culture is part of our culture. And, it's not, and taco trucks are part of California culture and they're part of United States culture now. So that was a ridiculous statement that needed to be flagged down. Did the song come first or did the quote come first? The song the song came first. It's actually a love song. I wrote the song for my wife, Jessica, trying to express how I feel that I love you more than tacos. Well, now you know that, that I really love you a lot if I really love you more than tacos. And... It's also a song about gentrification because it's about how you feel comfortable in a certain place, like at a taco truck or at a taco stand, and you feel maybe uncomfortable in another place, like somewhere where maybe they're serving some really fancy coffee in a pretentious way. or And it might be in a neighborhood that you grew up in, like, for instance, the Mission. You might have grown up in the Mission District and you feel comfortable in the taco stands there, and you feel maybe a little uncomfortable in the Artisan Sausage Grill. And you can express yourself a little better in one of those places than the other place. So that's what the song is about. Carne Cruda has been around for quite some time, right? Tell us about the band. We've been around for a really long time. And our music is, in one sense, it's Latin music because we, we pull heavily from the Latin American rhythms and song styles and song forms. But we also inject so many other styles and musics into it that it really gets jumbled up and it becomes hard to classify. Um, this this one is a pretty straightforward cumbia, but definitely Oakland-style cumbia. And we also play everything from soul, ska, reggae, rock. It's a little bit of everything, and it gets all jumbled up and mixed together, and it comes out in our own kind of Bay Area way. Camilo, tell us how our listeners can learn about Carne Cruda and where they could buy your music. Yeah, you can get our music pretty much anywhere that music is available, which is everywhere at any time. Pull out your phone and look for the song I Love You More Than Tacos. You'll find it. Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. I saw it on Bandcamp. Bandcamp. One of the best places to get it is on Bandcamp. It's direct from the artist. And you can download it in some very high-res ways, and and it works very well, and it's pretty slick. So Bandcamp is a good one. It's everywhere. It's iTunes. It's uh, Amazon Music. Anywhere that you could find music, you can find Carne Cruda. 
soon you'll be able to get I Love You More Than Tacos as a 7-inch 45 RPM vinyl single pressed on color vinyl. And you can get that at our Bandcamp page. It's carnecruda.bandcamp.com or from roundworldrecords.bandcamp.com. And you can get it directly from us. You'll also be able to get it at select Bay Area record stores. Maybe it'll be signed by you. Maybe it'll be signed by me, if you ask very nicely. Maybe a sticker thrown in. Maybe a sticker (laughs) thrown in could be. So if you're a vinyl junkie, you've got to get your copy of I Love You More Than Tacos on vinyl. Yeah, we've got a lot of great musicians playing on this song. David Flores on the drum set. Carlos Cato is playing percussion. Ayla Davila on the bass. Charlie Girk, saxophone. Luke Curley on the trombone. And I'm playing guitar and singing. And also special guest Marco Diaz on the Farfisa Italian transistor organ. So that was Camilo Landau talking a little bit about his song, I Love You More Than Tacos. Listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. I'm Brenda Yescas. 
And this is the calendar of Bay Area events and happenings for the week of Tuesday, November 1st through the 8th. For Wednesday, November 2nd, join local Bay Area favorites Pasto Seco Band and La Pelanga as they bring their infectious cumbia for a night celebrating Dia de los Muertos at the Elbow Room in San Francisco. 647 Valencia Street starts at 8.30 p.m. Elbow.com for more information. Also for Wednesday the 2nd, local Bay Area bands Los Racas and Bionics join DJs Chuy Gomez and Ladies to celebrate Dia de los Muertos at the Great Northern, 119 Utah Street, starts at 9 p.m. For Thursday, November 3rd, join Chilean singer, composer, and painter Osvaldo Torres with Italian singer Silvia Balducci as they present their latest musical collaboration. Inspired by the ancient and profound thought of the Ayamara culture, Torres, together with the Italian artist Silvia Balducci, will perform a concert of original songs that traces the history of Latin America at La Peña Cultural Center, 3105 Shattuck Avenue in Berkeley. Starts at 8 p.m. LaPeña.org. For Friday, November 4th, Teatro Nahual presents Leyendas y Realidades. Written and directed by Veronica Mesa, Leyendas y Realidades depicts popular legends from Latino America, such as La Llorona and La Mulata de Cordoba, each offering a glimpse into Hispanic culture and myth, with live music and talented local artists. This is at Mission Cultural Center, 2868 Mission Street, starts at 7.30 p.m. MissionCulturalCenter.org. For Saturday, November 5th, join Grammy Award-winning ensemble La Santa Cecilia for the infectious music combining Latin rhythms along with Mariachi Flor de Toloache, the first and only established all-female mariachi band in New York, and the woman of the San Francisco Symphony Chorus. There will be two shows, one at 11 a.m. and one at 8 p.m. This is at the Davies Symphony Hall in San Francisco. For more information, go to sfsymphony.org. And this has been a list of Bay Area events, Cultura y Arte for the Bay Area. If you would like to add your event to the calendar, please email us at larrazachronicles at kpfa.org. Or for more information on our show, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash larrazachronicles. I'd also like to send out a special message for my dad. It's his birthday today. I wanted to wish you feliz cumpleaños, papa. And to all of you, feliz noches. You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. If you'd like to submit any story ideas or you have segments you'd want to cover or pieces you want to submit, you can email us at lajasachronicles at kpfa.org. You can also listen to the show again or share it with your friends by finding us on SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash lajasachronicles. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Muchísimas gracias y buenas noches. Thank you.